everybody, and welcome back to the Mile Higher Podcast, episode 105. Today, we're here talking about the Montauk Project Conspiracy Theory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this topic because there's so many fascinating ideas and theoretical mm-hmm. concepts that could be real, but you know, we don't really exactly have proof for them, but yeah. it's still super interesting to talk about. Something happened here, though. Oh, yeah. You know, I believe so. There's not that much that can be proven. But there's enough sketchy stuff for you to definitely be Absolutely. like, okay. And there's been enough people that have come forward to mm-hmm. talk about this top secret project. A lot of witnesses, or I Montauk guess you can project. call them. Whistleblowers really yeah. is what they are. Yeah. yeah. That have come forward and told us all of the juicy details about what happened and all the horrible things too that happened as well. But that is what we were talking about today. So get your tin hats ready because it's one of those conspiracy episodes today. And if you guys haven't checked out the merch site, milehar.com, you're definitely missing out because we've got some cool items on yes, there. Kendall's wearing a lot of new her designs. terrarium design that you can get on the crew neck sweatshirt. It's actually really cool. Hell yeah. This and was my design. Well, not my design, but it was my idea. And I like told the artist what to put on it because I don't have any talent like that. But <laughs> it's so cool. I love how it turned out. It has this really cool gold reflective kind of film on it. I just love it. So definitely it's very check colorful. it out. Yes. Yeah. So and can cozy. I just say how comfortable yes, the clothes are? Like they are. they're seriously so comfy. They're really good quality. Oh yeah. Really good quality. So if you're looking for some comfy stuff that lasts a long time, like it washes well, yeah. it's really good quality. Not only that, but I wanted to announce we were starting to work on some new collections as well coming up for 420 as well as maybe a pet collection could be yes. coming out here hopefully in the near future. Oh, so I'm so excited. Also, this episode is brought to you by Native, HelloFresh, Quip, Causebox, and Stamps.com. But let's go ahead and get into our intro topics for the week. Quite a bit going on. Yes, our first one is actually very exciting news because an international team of astrobiologists claim that they've found organic molecules uh, via the Curiosity Mars rover, which essentially means that there is evidence that there was life on Mars at one point, like we have gotten one step closer to really confirming that at one point in Mars history, there is some form of life, no matter how small it may have been. But the very fact that we are starting to really piece this together and realize that at one point in Mars history, it could have been teeming with life. It could have even been like another earth at one point. A lot of people bring that theory up that it could have been exactly like earth and that there could have been beings on it that fled to earth because the conditions on it got so bad. Maybe there was nuclear war or, yeah, planetary yeah, warming absolutely. or whatever no um, that's really that, interesting idea yeah that theory actually plays into exactly my next point here is that there's a cia document that's out there about remote viewing ancient life on mars that's really interesting and i'll put a link down there so you can go look at it but there's literally a document on the cia websites that says that in 1984 the cia actually employed a psychic to remote view or, you know, it's a psychic ability to focus your mind on a location. And based upon what this person saw during the remote viewing was that there was, in fact, a civilization that one million years ago existed and was on uh, the brink of collapse. It was like the very end of it. And this is all in this document, which is really interesting. That's fascinating. Mm hmm. So, I mean, it comes back to whether or not you believe psychic abilities are real mm-hmm. or, you know, if somebody's even able to remote view or have, you know, transfer your mind or consciousness to another point in time. And in this case, a million years ago, it's pretty interesting. Isn't it interesting that the CIA would even use a psychic? It shows you they take it seriously to an extent if they would actually bring in a psychic. 
Yeah, I mean, they 100% have too, Mm -hmm. based upon the Montauk Project as well as MKUltra and just what we know. They're Mm. interested in psychic abilities. Totally, totally. Yeah, and this individual study describes seeing infrastructure consisting of intersecting roads, channels, and pyramids when he remote viewed Mars. That's so fascinating. So the fact that scientists are literally pretty much announcing that there was life on Mars at one point is pretty incredible and really makes you wonder if there's validity to these theories and mm-hmm. just, you know, what these psychics may have seen during the remote viewing missions and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's been my own personal theory for a while now is that there was life at one point on Mars. I think most people tend to believe that like when we've brought it up, I never see comments really saying they don't believe that. I'm curious what you guys think. Let us know in the comments if you believe that there was life on Mars mm-hmm. and if this evidence helps you, you know, make a decision either way. Yeah. Well, and essentially what they found were are called thiophenes, which are basically two bioessential elements, carbon and sulfur. Um, so it's it's like, you know, they're often found in oil or crude oil. And if you look mm-hmm. at what oil comes from, it's fossils, essentially. So if you drill down, you know, far enough or go back and far enough in time, you would then see that there was some form of life there. Mm-hmm. And this is just what the Mars Curiosity rover can get just rovering around the surface. So who who knows what could be below the surface. We've yet to be able to go down into the ground in Mars and really see what's under there. Cause it could be teeming with life and we just don't know. We can't see it yet. So that's mind blowing to think about. Mm-hmm. But finding these thiophenes is a pretty big deal because it does give us a lot of hope that there is more signs of life or evidence of life uh, below Mars surface or in other places we've yet to discover. So the next big news story that came out this week was the execution of Alabama inmate Nathaniel Woods, which happened this past Thursday night. And the reason why this is sort of making waves through news and a lot of people are really upset about it is because Nathaniel Woods, to many, is a completely innocent man Mm -hmm. that was executed by the state for crimes that he did not commit years ago. And what's crazy about this whole thing is when you look at the actual story, he was convicted essentially in his role of fatal shootings of three Birmingham police officers in 2004. And the person that he was with actually gave a full confession saying he was the one that actually pulled the trigger and Nathaniel didn't actually do any of, of the killings whatsoever really had a role in it at all. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he was put to death and actually executed, even though his lawyers were trying to get a stay so that they could, you know, take another look at it. And this went all the way up to the Supreme mm-hmm. court and the Supreme court declined to intervene. Unfortunately, it's just so confusing because when I first read about this, which it really didn't start getting any traction until Kim Kardashian started tweeting about it. Uh, as far as the general public knowing about it. Right. Um, and it was the day before his execution was scheduled, you know, is when I first heard about it. And when I read it, I thought this has got to get, this will get a stay. This has to, because there's all this new evidence that has just come out in the last couple of weeks, this confession. I thought it would just be a for sure thing. Yeah, you would think that the, if there was enough outcry and enough evidence there that the governor, the governor mm-hmm. is ultimately the one that is making this decision here too and could mm-hmm. have have made this delayed or, or stop it altogether even and let him go free because he's innocent and she did not do either of those things. And then earlier in the day, on the day he was executed, he actually was told that they were going to be able to get him a stay. 
And he was like having his last meal with some loved ones when he was told that they were kind of celebrating. I mean, it wasn't like you're not going right. to get executed at all, but a stay is good. Like, a glimmer least, of hope that right. maybe mm-hmm. he would, you know, have his case looked at again. And and then they crushed that glimmer of hope by basically being like, no, never mind. Yeah. You actually are being executed Alabama. today. Mm-hmm. Today. Can you imagine how terrified you'd be? And just what would be going through your mind in your last moments thinking like, wow, if this day had played out any differently or if someone else, someone's decision was made differently, then I may not be here right now. I just can't imagine how terrified you'd be in that moment or what it would be like to die as an innocent person. Yeah, especially for crimes you didn't commit and you know 100% that you are innocent and mm-hmm. the system just completely screwed you over. It's just disgraceful. I don't understand the rush. We keep people on death row for so long, so long. Yeah. And yeah. then why speed it up when it's like you do have some new evidence? You have all these people that are angry. Why? I don't see the point. What's the rush to put this man down? I think it's disappointing that the Supreme Court declined to intervene into this when clearly there's issues here and. Mm-hmm. There's no reason they couldn't just delay this even to look into it further or do anything more to keep this man alive. And and the fact that as soon as the governor, you know, knew that the Supreme Court was going to decline to intervene, she was like, let's move forward with this. And mm-hmm. and they did. And it's it's just really tough because I don't think that there's like you said, there should be any rush to put people to death, especially if there is enough evidence that they could be completely innocent or innocent of the crimes that they're on death row for in the first place. So yeah, because it's like, if he is innocent, then he was just murdered by the system. Mm-hmm. And you know, we have a serious issue because this is happening all the time. I mean, and disproportionately crazy. to African Americans too. Definitely. And and that seems clearly to be the trend. And it's really, really unfortunate that we're in 2020 and it mm-hmm. still seems our system is so antiquated mm-hmm. and there needs to be so many, you know, too, too few people have power. Yeah, in my opinion, too I few agree. people have power in the political Huge decisions system. like this shouldn't be up to one person. Right. It shouldn't all fall back onto one person. That's insane. No. I mean, this is someone's life in, in their hands. And mm-hmm. if they could potentially be innocent, I just feel like they need to put some more thought into it and mm-hmm. give it a little bit more time to review the information and actually check things out. How can you live as an official who does this mm-hmm. with you know this on your conscience that you may have just put a innocent man to death how do you live with yourself i don't know how she's living with herself like if there's even a question you should put it do a stay 100 percent. the fact that they didn't is just it's evil it's evil it's murder Mm -hmm. in my opinion Mm -hmm. and it's really disappointing and he was executed via lethal injection Mm -hmm. which is really not a humane way to do it if you're going to do it at all and it's really sad to hear that he had to go through this mm-hmm. and it can be painful. It can be absolutely take, can take a long time to mm-hmm. actually die. So mm-hmm. it's all around just a horrible situation and uh, really sad for the family. And yeah. obviously everybody's hearts are with the family and just mm-hmm. like, this is, we got to make sure this is, doesn't keep happening and mm-hmm. figure out a way to make the system better because in the meantime, we've got the Golden State Killer over here, mm-hmm. Joseph D'Angelo, who's 74 years old, mm-hmm. serial killer, who is requesting to plead guilty if prosecutors agree to not seek the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And my guess and my feeling is, is that he might be granted this, that he might get out of the death penalty. Well, I think 
yeah, I mean, in a sense, he's kind of getting out of the death penalty, but it's like he's going to die in prison either way. It's going to cost millions of dollars, like up to 20 million, some estimates have been. And it's going to take so so long. And all of the people that have to testify against him and like talk about their stories, it could be really tough on them. Uh, just I mean, he may not even live to see the end of the trials. So by the time that the trial ends and then, you know, it's a long period before they actually execute someone anyway, he's probably going to die of natural causes before he was ever executed in the first place. So there's really no point. I think they're trying to save taxpayer an dollars and time and yeah. And it's just like, he obviously did it. He's never going to be let out on parole or anything like that. And I think it's a personal opinion. What you think of the death penalty. If you think it's, I personally think you're almost getting off easier getting the death penalty. You're just going to be put out of your misery. I think you should have to sit there until the end of your sorry life and think about what you did every single fucking day until you die. I think that's worse. Yeah. And from stories that I hear of, of inmates and shows that I've watched, it seems that that's the case is that it's way worse to be in prison and have to deal with yourself and Mm -hmm. all these things that you did versus, you know, being put out essentially. So, right. And I mean, obviously in his case, he clearly wants to live, which it's like, you don't want to give him what he wants, but we also want to do what's best for everyone. It's like I said, it's so much time, so much money he wouldn't ever make it to the death penalty stage anyway. Um, and yeah, a lot of the victims feel that this is good, that this is better to, you know, not have to go through this whole process. And they're going to, it's just years of trauma. They'll have to go through on top of what they've already been through. But you don't um, think they it'll do provide say, comfort to the victims. Well, they said in exchange, if they, if this goes through, they would like a lot of victims have requested that, you know, they still get questions answered that, you know, maybe he answers a few things in exchange, like as part of the plea. Gotcha. Um, there's some things that they want to know and they want cleared up. I mean, I I would hope that they don't just like give him the, what do you all, everything that he wants and just give him the right. life sentence and let him No, I see what people are live out the rest of his days, just hanging out or whatever. You know, I think well, that just be hanging out. I mean, I, I mean, don't know. yeah, it, I think he's like, in solitary too is he just out with general public probably not he's He's a a high profile i mean he's high profile too so just let him sit there and think about this forever i mean i think it's better for the victims and for taxpayers and i don't know i'm split on it though what do you guys think yeah it's hard because i think from from an emotional point of view you just want to get somebody like this out of the world you know like he's evil let's just get him out of the world one Mm -hmm. last evil person Mm -hmm. to have to think about or worry about but at the same time, I totally see where you're coming from and probably where the majority of people come from mm-hmm. that he should uh, get this life sentence. But well, do you know if he's religious? That's what I was just going to ask, because I think I'm not particularly religious, so I don't really know. But I'm pretty sure that a lot of religions uh, feel very much one way about the death penalty and are most mm. of the time against it, I believe. And so I'm just kind of curious in in that aspect in general if you have a serial killer who you hate and you think is like the worst person ever and like you were saying like he should he deserves to just sit and rot and think about what he did for his whole life if that person's like super religious and they're like oh well that's you know the death penalty is bad like you know i don't that's i don't believe in that do you think that it should be like the opposite way then you know what i mean like i think it's because everyone's perspective is so different and so is there really a correct answer of which way which is punishment really should be handed yeah down to which him. way yeah. is right mm-hmm. to to end up with i guess you could say right because everyone's perspective of what's worse is their own you know yeah mm-hmm. depending on your belief system mm-hmm. and what you think happens after you die especially right like for somebody that believes in 
there's absolutely nothing after it, you cease to exist, then they might be more like, mm-hmm. okay, the death penalty makes sense. Right. But if you case. believe in reincarnation, you think they're going to be, you know, executed and then immediately born into another life, then it's kind of like they're getting off easier. I don't know. It's a very, very controversial it topic. Is. It is. We want to know what you guys think. Absolutely. But before we get into the Montauk Project Conspiracy, we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today. All right, let's talk some Montauk Project Conspiracy. Montauk yes. about it. I've been excited oh, to do this Montauk one. Montauk about it. Let's there you Montauk go. about it. <laughs> that is good. I like that one. Okay, this is some creepy shit, though. This is like... Some crazy shit went down. It's true. Camp mm. Hero yes. is the places where the supposed secret projects that the government and military did uh, in Montauk, New York, which is a real place. Yeah, and it's, it's very pretty. Yeah, it's very I have beautiful. A friend who just went there and like posted pictures on social media. Yeah, it's it's super beautiful. Actually, all the rich people go and hang out mm-hmm. around there, of course. And Ooh. it's on Long Island. It's like mm-hmm. on the uh, far tip of Long Island, uh, look overlooking the ocean, and the views are just incredible. Oh, I'm sure. But the Montauk project actually came about because of a number of stories that people told of their alleged experiences in these top secret government projects that they were involved in uh, during the time that it was active, or at least we knew it was active. And as far as what we know went on, there's a number of different things that we believe occurred in some of these projects, which included testing out new types of technologies, including like time travel, teleportation, mind control, uh, even creating like genetic testing on animals and uh, in a way that's creepy and weird them basically combining like two different species and creating a hybrid beings and things like that. Just real like anything creepy that you can think of. They were potentially doing it there. That's why it reminds me of that movie Zootopia. It's a Disney movie. It's called Zootopia. It's like all the animals live in this one town, but then they find out that they're like secretly breeding animals together to make hybrid species. Mm -hmm. Remember? Yeah, exactly. And they like break in. It's like an undercover lab thing. Oh yeah, I told you to watch Zootopia. I loved that movie. It was really cute. Yeah, I really liked that movie. I I have a conspiracy theory that it is based on the Montauk Project. Oh shit! Maybe they drew some inspiration. I think they did. Disney does that kind of shit, dude. They pull their. They put all types of storylines in there. They do. They do. That's very true. Dude, Disney is one of the most powerful companies Mm -hmm. on earth. I feel like I could definitely see them being in a lot of weird mm-hmm. shit and being like i wonder Ooh. if we could do like a conspiracy podcast on disney Ooh, would you guys like or would to people see get that? offended oh i'm sure there'll be some people <laughs> we'll ruin everybody they can chill <laughs> <laughs> it's fine there's always someone that's offended well I, I think i think it's probably true though because i think if you even look into hollywood and things like that you can oftentimes find yeah. these underlying oh, themes very that are in a lot of conspiracy theories very true mm-hmm. the disney stuff is pretty creepy yeah, and, and also Stranger Things, the mm-hmm. show on Netflix that's mm-hmm. super popular, and I really enjoy it. I know you like it too. But oh, I love it. It is actually based upon uh, all the stories that came out about uh, Mo- the Montauk Project. Yeah, I mean, which is pretty obvious. It's clearly supposed to be based on all yeah. that. It's not like a subtle thing that they put in there. Right. Like, well, they were going to call the show Montauk at first, and yeah, then they changed the that. name to Stranger Things. Stranger Things sounds a lot better. Yeah, it's a better title for sure. People but would I, not have been able to pronounce that. Yeah, Mon- like Montauk. Yeah, they would have been confused. Yeah, Stranger Things sounds much better. It that does. Was a good choice for them. But if you've ever seen that show, then you know what happens in it, and a lot of those things are what people actually reported happening to them in the Montauk Project. Well, not only that, the Montauk Project is believed to be an extension of a few other top secret projects, including the Philadelphia Experiment, which we'll talk about more 
here in a minute as well as part of mk ultra which i can't believe we haven't done an mk ultra episode yet that's i know we need to i've done a video about it a long time ago because mm-hmm. when you dive into that you're like holy shit they were doing this stuff to people yeah and that's confirmed mm-hmm. i mean yeah. they've admitted it mm-hmm. oh and yeah the witness videos are insane like if you just i wonder if they're still on youtube they may have taken them down by now but i know i had them in my video a few years ago mm-hmm. but there's just endless witness testimony on YouTube of people who claim that they were affected by MKUltra. And the thing is they all look like they have, they look similar. They have like similar physical characteristics. They kind of, I don't even know how to explain it. Like some of them have the same looking nostrils. It almost looks like they were all affected in the same way physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. We should do a whole MKUltra episode for sure. Yeah. And and it'll play off of this one really nice too, because you'll kind of get some basic Mm -hmm. overviews of some of the things that they were doing in the Montauk project as well in MK ultra as a whole. But yeah, it's what we're about to get into some wild stuff Mm because it goes beyond just psychic abilities. I mean, it goes into aliens, it goes into other conspiracies. It gets really, really Mm -hmm. wild. So as far as we know, the first experimentation that kind of took place that was directly involved with the Montauk project began at the Brookhaven National Laboratories in Long Island, New York. And a doctor by the name John Von Neumann was actually trying to link computers with minds and supposedly succeeded. So it's crazy to think that years ago they were already trying to experiment with connecting computer systems to brains. I was just going to say that because that's something they're still working on now. Elon Musk. Yeah, I was going to say this guy's like ahead of his time here and they may have already accomplished it years ago in a top secret project and it just never you know made it out Mm -hmm. to the public and i think that's a very real possibility there's probably tons of things that have been accomplished that you know we just never get to hear about we never get to hear about anything interesting i know all the all the greatest technologies that are out there it seems like are all like under wraps and we're just slowly trying to catch up with everything that's already been it's funny to me that people think that we have everything that's possibly out there too like any good technology or any new technology we definitely know about it if it if it exists we know about it because it would be on the news no that's not how it works <laughs> no well if you think about it i mean the people the most powerful groups in the world the military and all these other you know black projects and mm-hmm. secret groups that are out there would not want the public to have access exactly. to this technology because then the, you know it's, they can't keep it for it. them well it's like mainly they want to use it for probably military right reasons. exactly military sorry that's really <laughs> weird but uh military reasons right you know because they don't want their secrets exposed or possible weapons that they're going to use on people exposed so it seems to me based upon history and all these different projects the military has always been and the secret groups have always been way ahead of us in terms mm-hmm. of the technology that we're right. used to and you know the fact that they could have already accomplished connecting computers to brains 40 years ago is really mind-blowing to think about because mm-hmm. if the research continued and all this work continued it's crazy to think where, where they could, could be at now. right now i mean i'm sure it's they're scary way honestly where than we it think. could be at right now it is so yeah the fact that he was doing this back in you know years and years ago is is kind of crazy but he also claimed dr newman also claimed that they opened a time vortex back to 1943 via the philadelphia experiment that's crazy mm-hmm and that's what a lot of this comes back to is time travel and the ability mm-hmm. to manipulate space and time in order to go to any point in history. And a lot of people, a lot of conspiracy theorists out there really believe that time travel already exists, that people are already time traveling, and it could totally be possible. 
It really could be. Because they're working on this shit so long ago. If they figured mm-hmm. it out, it's not like they're going to tell us. Yeah, I mean, you could even look at and, Nikola Tesla. Yeah, I think right. a lot of this stuff really starts with Nikola Tesla because he was such the pioneer for all this new technology mm-hmm. and discovering all of these secrets about the universe and how to harness it in a way that is beneficial to all but the people that run things realize that we could use that to our advantage and that's why they went and seized, seized all of his work and who knows what happened to tesla's work we don't even know yeah i 100 percent agree with that like most of these ideas can be traced back to him mm-hmm. it's really interesting totally because i mean he was working on like a time travel machine he mm-hmm. was already he already discovered anti-gravity and discovering that you can pull electricity from the very space around you mm-hmm. and utilize it for all of the things that we need electricity for. And yet here yeah. we are hundred years later, still on fossil fuels. You don't want people to know that. Can you imagine if the public found out that there's an alternative we could be saving our planet right now? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's a damn shame. Yeah. It's a shame. A lot of shit is held from us for those reasons though. You know, and if you don't understand that you are in some way controlled, I hate to break it to you, but we're all kind of controlled, you know, in a way that yeah, to some we're, extent limited to what we can do and Mm -hmm. have limited access to these technologies that Mm -hmm. could be out there. Mm -hmm. Dr. Newman also claimed that they had the technology to allow people to materialize objects with their minds. If you think about that for a second, that's a really crazy concept. Like anything materialize. Like I could materialize an iced coffee right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Iced coffee, a million dollars. How about a refill on this? I mean, maybe it's not as crazy as that. It could be, maybe you could only materialize things that you can see or things yeah, I'm that. Yeah, sure it's more complicated than that. Yeah, it's probably not just like, hmm, let me think of something and pop, there it is. That'd be cool though. That would be cool. Mm. So that was the first experimentation really involved with the Montauk project. And the actual project itself began under the name Phoenix Project. But when they were in Brookhaven at those laboratories, they realized that they would need a very large like radar dish in order to you know, be able to do all the work that they wanted to do. So they moved the actual project to Montauk, New York to Camp Hero, which is where they have this giant Sage radar installation. And basically the Sage radar system is like a semi-automatic ground environment. It's a antenna for a computer network system that they had. And they wanted to put it out somewhere where, you know, it wouldn't be around where everybody was at. So they wouldn't be able to see it. Obviously you can see it now, but back in the time when this project started, they wanted to kind of create, get to an area where they mm-hmm. could really do all these experiments and in private and mm-hmm. keep it all secure. So that's when they actually moved to Camp Hero. Now, Camp Hero has been around for a long time. Actually, it goes even as far back as to the Revolutionary War. And before it was called Camp Hero, it was actually Fort Hero. And it was a great military installation because it's kind of on the edge of long island and it's kind of you know if you had enemies coming via sea then you would that would be a great spot to see them come into uh, the new york area so camp hero was actually built in 1942 in the montauk new york area like we said and it was designed as a covert naval base built completely underground and it supposedly goes down as far as 12 levels but we can't confirm that for sure, right? Right. We can't confirm that it goes down 12 levels. We do know that That's there really is interesting. a lot of tunnels, though. It is underground. Most of the base is underground. Maybe it's not 12 levels, but it must go down some levels, right? It does go down. And we know that there's enough bedrock uh, under on that actual island that you could go down mm. pretty far. And people have actually snuck into the tunnels there because 
Yeah, they're all covered up now and concreted in and stuff, but people have found a way into them sometimes. And there is, in fact, a huge underground system down there. And it's never been fully explored as far as I know, because they tell you not to go in there at all. There's warning signs everywhere. But this area near Montauk is a perfect place to to put an underground base in a, mm-hmm. in a secret place. There's a lot of like bluffs uh, on this hill. So it's a great place to put. They built in all of these different uh, bunkers and things like that for mm-hmm. weaponry to kind of be hidden in this uh, base that they have there for when they actually did use it as a military installation uh, mm-hmm. for a long time. We didn't know about mm-hmm. all these projects until later on when the base was supposedly not being used. Right. But for a long time, it served as this really great base for the military to use. And especially going back, like I said, the Revolutionary War, it had a great view of the ocean. So you could always see if enemies were, we're approaching. Coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting that it's and been used for you. so long. There's just so much history. Absolutely. It's mm-hmm. been around for a very long time. And Montauk, the city itself, is a very small town. It's only got a few thousand people. And it's currently a resort town where all of the wealthy go on vacation. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is. That, that I wonder course, if there's any correlation between that, you know? Yeah. Elitis yeah. going. Oh, I know. I always wonder that, too. Hmm. But Camp Hero itself is actually 278 acres. And what's interesting is that when they, uh, the military sort of handed over the, uh, it's a state park now, handed over to the state. They said that the state only owns the surface of Camp Hero, but we still own all the underground areas. The military still does to this day, own the area that's underground the base. Well, aren't they basically admitting that it exists if they're, you know, saying we own all underneath it? Yeah, they're saying that the Camp Hero is real and the base is real, but they're not admitting anything that happened in the actual base, okay. the underground base. Okay. Yeah. The projects itself are all completely unconfirmed by the military. Mm-hmm. To, as far as we know, according to the official story, Camp Hero was just a military installation. But they admit that it goes down 12 levels? I thought they didn't admit that. No, the 12 levels thing comes from a whistleblower who we'll talk about, Preston Nichols, who actually says he worked in the Camp Hero base and actually was the one that said that it went down that far, that there was all these different levels to it. But I think Camp Hero is most distinguishable because of its large radar tower that it has. It's one of the only buildings you can really see or is that is above ground there and this radar tower is super super large it's 120 feet tall it weighs 70 tons and what's interesting is that this dish is rumored of course to transmit radio signals in the 425 to 450 megahertz range in order to penetrate human consciousness making a person susceptible to mind control so a lot of people that believe in the montauk project think that the reason why they had this large radar tower was their plan was to use it in order to influence and penetrate people's consciousness and control them i wonder how far they would you know potentially be able to reach people's minds with something like that yeah i know if it's actually real well and that's the thing about these radar towers it's it's like this computer network so it connects to a bunch of other things and and so it has the ability to transmit and and do all sorts of crazy stuff but again it's just a radio tower as far as we know we don't know that it actually has this ability to Mm -hmm penetrate someone's mind or anything like that certainly mm-hmm. not today because it's not active as far as we know this tower but the radio tower is one of the only things that you can actually go and see today you can't go into it or anything like that without you know hopping the fence but it is one of the only structures left of camp hero that you can actually see and there's actually people that fly drones over and stuff too you can go look at it and see you know a better view of the base from an aerial perspective which is pretty cool 
before we dive into the Montauk project in more detail and, and what actually went on there, it is important to note the Philadelphia experiment because it is, it's another government project that really kind of has led into the Montauk project. It's also one of those topics that could be an entire episode in itself. So I want to give a brief overview so you can actually just understand what the Philadelphia experiment actually was. So in October of 1943, the U.S. military allegedly conducted secret experiments in the naval shipyard in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And the goal was to try to block the Nazi radar so they could bring supplies to allies in Europe safely. And this plan was supposedly presented to Congress, but was quickly rejected for being too dangerous. And then the proposal was then presented to the Department of Defense with promises that the project would result in a new powerful weapon that would drive the enemy insane at the touch of a button. But because it wasn't approved by Congress, the funding would have to be top secret and supposedly come from a cache of Nazi gold recovered from a train found by the U.S. soldiers in France. So this was how they obtained their funding in order to develop the technology that they needed in order to make this giant battleship, the USS Eldridge, invisible because they were going to use it in order against the enemy and they thought they had these abilities to uh, make the ship completely disappear. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's even said that they recruited Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein to help complete the project. And this is unconfirmed, but it would make sense if they hired the two smartest minds to be involved with this. I feel like they would have been like, that's really difficult, man. Yeah. I can't really see either (laughs) of them participating in this experiment. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely question this whole story. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people tell it though. That's the thing is there's a lot of people that claim to have been on it or claim to have known Mm -hmm. about it, about this Philadelphia experiment where, Instead of actually make when they actually went and tried this, allegedly it did not disappear, but instead time traveled and it caused a lot of problem for the sailors on board, including disorientation, uh, just being completely scared shitless and even uh, having some bodies fused in with the actual metal walls of the ship. So like instead of, you know, like an invisibility cloak being thrown over the ship Mm -hmm. and it's just it's there, but you just can't see it. But then the. By mistake, it time travels. It time travels, but in a weird way, and and it fucks up everything on the ship. Interesting idea, theory, but yeah, I don't know if I fully believe that one. Yeah, I mean, and that's really difficult. But Mm -hmm. I mean, unless they're that advanced and were at the time, I don't know. It just kind of seems hard to believe. Well, yeah, and this is a again a brief overview. There's there's a lot more evidence to it, and there's a Mm -hmm. lot more. A lot of whistleblowers have come out and, right. and talked about this as well. Yeah. And I guess that's the hard thing with whistleblowers. At the end of the day, you have to like believe what they're saying. And it's not always concrete evidence. Right. But it's like you do got to take their word into consideration because a lot of time, what do they have to lose by telling their story? You know, like mm-hmm. there's no point. It's not like they're going to make money off of it or benefit from it. If anything, they could be putting themselves at risk for talking about these things. So, it, I mean, you have to take them seriously, but... I struggle with things that don't have more concrete evidence for sure like this. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense though. Like the, the military would never want this to to come out publicly mm-hmm. that they tried to do something like this. The same. Yeah. So obviously you can't confirm it. And what you, would you put it past them? I mean, the fact that they were doing MK ultra experiments on humans who it would make sense that they would want to experiment on, on trying to make a ship invisible in order to, you know, attack the enemy and and things like that. Of course, I believe that they would want to do that, but I don't know if they actually were capable of doing that. That's what I'm saying. Right. 
Well, let's talk about somebody named Al Bilek. And he's a very interesting individual because he claims to actually have worked on the Philadelphia experiment and then later on worked in the Montauk project. But before we get to him, we'd like to thank our last sponsors for today. So like we talked about at the beginning, how Stranger Things is loosely based upon the Montauk project. What's interesting is they actually made a movie about the Philadelphia experiment. And this is where Al Bilek comes in because actually when he watched the Philadelphia experiment back in 1988, at the time he was 57 years old and he after watching this movie it sort of triggered some things for him mentally and he started uh, remembering or recovering these repressed memories of having actually worked on the Philadelphia experiment and the Montauk project okay I can see that both ways though because I think you could easily watch something like that and then get inspired with some memories you know yeah. Uh, or I guess it could trigger memories if you really had been through the experience. But I mean, it's just kind of hard to yeah. to believe. Yeah. I was going to ask Janelle about repressed memories. If you uh, with your psych background, if you uh, have any insight on that, because I think it's an interesting idea, but it's like hard to believe that that's a real thing. And I believe it is a real thing to have a it repressed a memory yeah. that is there, but then something triggers it or something brings it back into focus for you. Yeah, it is hard to believe in this situation. Yeah, that's totally possible. Um, Especially if you have like, you know, if you go through a traumatic experience or something, you can totally block it out. Right. And there will be triggers that will all of a sudden bring you right back into that state. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it's totally possible. And I think also if you... You're you can convince your brain of like pretty much anything, really. So mm-hmm. if you convince yourself that you were a part of this or maybe if you ha- you know how sometimes if you have a dream and then you're like thinking about at least this happens to me. Sometimes I'll be like, did this really happen or, or was, was this a dream? dream? Yes. And and then I'll be like, no, that I've you know, this has definitely happened to me. I'm like, but I'll talk to other people about it and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And so I think your brain can really, you know, tr- trick you into anything, especially if it's something if this really happened, I suppose that, yeah, you could have maybe erased it from your memory. Maybe it was traumatic. And then all of a sudden it's uh, back in and, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you're kind of like re-triggered. Yeah. I mean, totally. You can, I can really see it both ways. Like I said, he could have been triggered or it's kind of convenient timing. This is getting some attention. Maybe he wants to ramp up the story a little bit. Right. Well, um, and it got for him, it was like really severe that he, started remembering that he wasn't who he thought he was like he was actually named something else he stated that his real name was edward cameron but that his mind was actually erased and he was brainwashed into believing that he was al bilic i mean it would be so nice to have some but it's like how do you verify any of that how do you verify can you verify any of that well you can't if this really happened then there's no way to verify it because they brainwashed you and made you think that you were somebody else because you were experimented on and they didn't mm-hmm. want you remembering that this whole idea of being able to like wipe memories or if the government has technology that's capable mm-hmm. of just making you completely forget erasing about something. your mind. erase it yeah. yeah the whole racing your mind concept is is wild i wouldn't be surprised if they have something like that though because that seems to be the trend among most whistleblowers especially ones that claim to have been involved in secret projects or with extraterrestrials or things like that they seem to always state that they were either involved in the project and then they were mm. completely, your mind was completely erased. And, and then years later, years go by and they start, they go through hypnotic therapy, like Stan. I mean, we t- when we talked about Stan oh, yeah. Romanak, he claimed to, right. you know, remember all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's, it's hard to, 
know whether or not you can believe what they're saying is right. true or not. Because in Stan's case, he's full of shit. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, Anna, I think the other thing is, is a lot of uh, mental illnesses can trigger false memories and mm -hmm. people can take on That's multiple personalities. Point. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are convinced. We were, I can't remember what it was. We were researching some topic and uh, someone, I think it's for a future video. And someone thought, you know, they were two different people and mm -hmm. they were the Messiah and they were very convinced. And it was because they were schizophrenic. So, I mean, it's possible Did this guy have something like that, um, especially when, did, you know, this back then it wasn't as common, I don't think, to really look into mental illness. I think mm -hmm. you were just kind of a, mm -hmm. a kook, maybe. Yeah. And so who knows? I mean, this guy could be having these false memories that he really believes is true. Right. Um, you and know, if he was experimented on, exactly. who knows where his mental state is at. If he legitimately exactly. went through this. I'm just saying, I don't know if everything that he's saying can be, you know, taken seriously. Right. right. But when you're in that much of a traumatic, if you go through such a traumatic experience, right. I think you could very easily. Yeah, you could, you know, get confused on what you remember. Mm -hmm. And I think also people kind of picking your brain and being like, what if this is possible? Or I heard that this might be possible. Mm -hmm. And he could be like, oh, yeah, I think maybe I did see that actually now that you bring that up or maybe that did happen to me. Right. So. That's why it's so hard with these whistleblower stories. I just find it hard to really figure out what I should believe and what I shouldn't. Yeah. Or if it's just like a complete fantasy or something. That, right. That people are because it's hard because even when I watch some movies, I sometimes I like feel like, oh, maybe I, I was somehow a part of that or, you know, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, in it, but obviously I can discern like right. it's a fantasy. But no. Yeah. Yeah. I think some people have very wild imaginations and sometimes a movie that they might really enjoy or really feel like they connected with, they might feel that, oh, I was somehow involved with that. Right. And, and if he did watch that movie and then, I mean, who knows? Well, and he claims that this movie about the Philadelphia experiment was actually ended up, the government never wanted it to be released into theaters at all. And they actually went and banned the movie from being shown in theaters. Wow. And it was released later on as like just a, a videotape or whatever that you could get, but it was, as far as we know, it wasn't shown in, in theaters, uh, this Philadelphia experiment, because based on what Al says, the government was worried that it would trigger a bunch of people that were involved with the Philadelphia experiment to all of a sudden have their... these repressed memories surface and out, out the project. That's an interesting theory though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that they didn't let it play in movie theaters shows they were worried about something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and why isn't there more conspiracy movies out there? Right. We don't like, why isn't there more movies that yeah. play upon Cause projects they know and conspiracies? anyone with a budget knows that they'd get shut down. Yeah. And you wonder too, I wonder even with stranger things, the fact that they changed yeah. the name. I wonder if there's even more, yeah, there could be more to that story, not just detail to that. As far as like, mm -hmm. what if they got a call from some unknown person in the military, the CIA that was like, uh, we're going to have to either shut your movie down completely or going to change the name to something other than Montauk because we don't want people to start looking up what Montauk is and start mm -hmm. digging into it and maybe finding some truth there. I don't know. It's really interesting though. It is. What's also interesting is that after having these memories start to surface for Al, he would go on to talk about them at uh, conferences, specifically like the mutual UFO network conference in 1990. But he would also started looking into you know, could this have been real? And maybe there's evidence of, of this type of technology existing even far before around this time period when the 
a Philadelphia experiment was supposed to happen at all. And what he found was pretty interesting that going back to as far as like the 1930s, uh, even the early 20s, we're t- having a lot of speculation in some of the more popular uh, media publications like Popular Mechanics, Science Illustrated, and they were actually talking about invisibility or trying to make objects disappear and teleportation even. And these were ideas that were getting kicked around in, in the early 1920s even. So it, to me, it kind of seems like, well, why were those ideas at that time period even being thrown around at all, especially in popular mm-hmm. uh, magazines and things like that, if there wasn't some validity to them or they were being researched and at that time period. Oh, they were definitely being researched, all those things. I mm-hmm. mean, people were interested in that. And they, I don't think they've ever stopped. Why would they stop? Right. Why would you stop? Yeah. Like, I think they've just become better at hiding their research. Or they can it. do it right now. Or they can do it. They right can now. just straight up do it. Yeah. They figured it out and they know how to do it. Would not be shocked. But Al went on to claim that quickly after its inception, the entire project was moved to the Institute of Advanced Studies at Princeton. However, it is not actually a part of the university system or part of Princeton. He clarified that it exists on Princeton property, but is an independent entity. But what really connects Al to the Camp Hero and Project Montauk is his claim that he was on the USS Eldridge when it time traveled to Camp Hero on August 12th, 1983. So he actually believes and through his repressed memories remembers being on the ship when it actually time traveled to Camp Hero. So how did this idea of the Montauk project ever existing even come about? Because obviously there's no official release from the military or even the CIA or any declassified files that I could find that actually specifically reference a Montauk project. Because we know that Montauk, the place is real. It's a real uh, mm-hmm. town as well as Camp Hero. That's a real military installation that is no longer in use. But where did actually the Montauk project originate from? And it actually originates from a man named Preston Nichols, who mm-hmm. also believes he worked in the Montauk project. And he kind of put all of his experiences and uh, different things that he was involved with into a series of books, which he titled the Montauk project experiments in time. Oh, someone has sent me this book to my PO box actually. Really? Yeah. I recognize the cover. Yeah. That's cool. Isn't it interesting that the horse is literally the horse uh, out front of DIA yes it's the same stance it's a statue of a horse standing Uh on on his hind legs yeah it's like a bronco it does isn't that interesting that he put that on there oh yeah we're talking about um what's it's called uh blue (laughs) what's his what do they call him blucifer Blucifer. oh my gosh i was gonna say the blue devil wow (laughs) that's what i was about to say blue devil from denver and we don't even know what it's called (laughs) blucifer the horse that killed the artist that made it Mm -hmm. it's like a blue horse right outside of taa which is filled with conspiracies too oh we need to do an episode on that we have (laughs) oh we have yeah we have (laughs) oh geez sorry eventually just all blurs together (laughs) it does it does all blur was that youtube or podcast but maybe there's a connection between montauk in DIA. That's really interesting. So in these books that Preston writes, he doesn't actually specify whether or not the stories in them are real or fact, but he encourages the reader to make up their own minds about the validity of the stories for themselves. And he actually says, whether you read this as science fiction or nonfiction, you are in for an amazing story. And this is literally where the Montauk project originates. So that's why most people are like the Montauk projects just completely made up Mm -hmm. because this guy authored these books and wrote about his time working in Montauk. But then more people started coming forward to sort of validate the claims and stories he was talking about Hmm. of what was happening there. Well, it's like 
the fact that MK Ultra is confirmed definitely makes you think, okay, they probably had similar projects. So it's not such a stretch that this guy actually went through these things. Right, right. Exactly. I know I'm sounding skeptical in this episode, but I, I do believe that this probably did happen. The types of research and experiments mm-hmm. that they were doing. Do I believe everything word for word that the whistleblowers are saying? I don't know. That's where I struggle. Mm-hmm. Whether their personal testimony right. is actually true or not. Right. Do but, I want to believe every single thing yeah. that they say? I don't know. So to sum up the stories in the books, he talks about a lot of different things, uh, including all these different military and government experiments uh, pertaining to pertaining to mind control, even contact with alien life, time travel, teleportation, even the stage faked uh, Apollo moon landings he even talks about. So he believes those were staged as well. Um, and I then this, what he says about that specifically. Yeah. And his stories even contain information about a hole being ripped in space time. So like almost a portal being opened up uh, back when he wrote these back in the eighties. So maybe the stranger things uh, show is actually based upon these books that Preston wrote. Because, yeah. I'm I mean, sure that's where they got a lot of information and inspiration, inspiration from, from yeah. right, right. So who is Preston Nichols? Preston Nichols was born on May 24th, 1946 in Long Island, New York. And he claims to have degrees in parapsychology, psychology, and electrical engineering. And parapsychology sounds interesting. It does. What does that mean exactly? I don't even know what that means. Apparently, it's the field of study concerned with the investigation of evidence for paranormal psychological phenomena. Oh, wow. So people that uh, study telepathy, clairvoyance, and psychokinesis. So psychic abilities pretty much is what it is a specific focus on trying to figure out how to, how to do those things or explain them, I guess. Janelle, do you know anything about this? I was going to say, honestly, I don't even know that much about it, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you have you seen that in textbooks at all though. Parapsychology. Like, is that term? That's a real term. I think I've seen it here and there. Yeah. But it's not like there's a class on it or anything, which would be really cool. That would, but yeah, I think it's more of that kind of, gray area that's like not fully accepted by all Mm -hmm. academics and it's oh no i would say definitely not yeah (laughs) well i I guess any sort of paranormal is not officially accepted by academics exactly yeah so like i said essentially after preston published these books that he wrote people began to come forward saying that they could corroborate his stories and they had their own stories that were very similar as well as many of the claims that he made and this is when preston actually befriended al bilik and he actually tells his story as well as his own in his book series. But a huge piece of the story is a project that Preston and Al supposedly worked on together called the Montauk Chair, which is a piece of furniture that used electromagnetics to amplify psychic powers. And apparently the first chair was built in 1974 and it allowed for psychic transmissions to another base in Southampton, Long Island. But they began transmitting a false reality and creating time glitches. This concept of uh, the Montauk chair is really wild to think that they would get individuals that claim to have psychic abilities, put them in this chair, hook them up to it, Mm -hmm. and it would amplify their psychic powers and just push all this electromagnetic energy into them. I'm sure they were doing that. I mean, they were doing that for sure in MKUltra, so it would make sense. Mm -hmm. It would make sense. So because the first chair that they made was having these time glitches, they decided to create a second chair in order to fix the glitches. And this second chair is the one that Al and Preston worked on together. 
along with another man believed to have extraordinary psychic abilities that also happens to be Al's brother, and his name is Duncan Cameron. And the majority of the Montauk chair experiments were conducted on Duncan due to his belief that he did have these extraordinary psychic abilities. And he was believed to have participated in his first psychokinesis experiment in 1963 at the age of 12 when he was supposedly kidnapped and taken to Camp Hero for the specific purpose. That's really scary. Mm -hmm. I'm sure shit like that was done, though. Yeah. That sounds like Stranger Things. Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It Sounds exactly like Stranger Things. 11. Mm -hmm. Except for 11 was like a... Yeah, never mind. Not going to go into all that. (laughs) So Duncan Cameron alleges that he could manifest objects with his mind by just thinking about them while in the chair. But according to the researchers involved with the project, he could only create items that he had seen or imagined in his head, hmm. which kind of makes sense. Yeah. What is he supposed to create something that he that's never been seen before? Imagine? Yeah. What? How would you do that? But apparently if the psychic signal was too weak, the item would quickly fade after he made it appear. However, with a strong signal, so being amplified through the chair, Duncan was able to manifest things that actually became permanent is how wow. it worked. That's crazy. I mean, if that's true, that's really that's fascinating. Wild. Yeah, the whole idea of psychokinesis, uh, yeah, psychokinesis is really wild in itself. Yeah. If, if the brain really has that ability and, and then what is it pulling from? Where yeah. are these objects actually coming from? I know that's what I was just about to say. Like, it's just materializes out of nothing. Is that how everything is then? Like if you're able to materialize things with your mind, then that would just seem to me to prove that all of this is just a materialized experience. That would definitely make me think maybe this is like even a simulation. Yeah, it really (laughs) really brings you back to that or the holographic universe theory that this is just all holographic experience that our minds are, uh, you know, creating this movie for us to experience. Right. But it's like, how can we believe this though? You know, again, it's like you need extraordinary evidence for these extraordinary. Where's the evidence? Yeah. We're not seeing that. Yeah. Which I don't blame them because it's like, how are they supposed to get evidence if they did go through this? Well, and this next claim, as far as where they actually got the technology to make the chair from definitely might make you think twice about whether or not they're telling the truth. Cause they believe that the technology that they obtained could have come from extraterrestrial beings. And that they got this technology from beings that are far smarter than us that gave us this this technology to allow us to create things out of thin air, essentially. Hmm. Which doesn't Maybe. seem it doesn't seem unplausible that an extraterrestrial being that's far more advanced than us might have this ability, ability. to yeah. do that. Right. If they are so much more advanced than we are mm-hmm. consciousness wise. Mm-hmm. So it is I mean, it's interesting to consider. Mm-hmm. And to make things even weirder is that it's been alleged that Duncan's brother's father had a level seven clearance with the Pentagon in the 1980s. So according to Presson, there was a lot of different experiments and projects within the Montauk project itself. And another one that Duncan participated in was called the seeing eye experiment. And that was where with the right object, for example, a lot of sources mention a lock of hair Duncan could just think of a person and be able to see through their eyes, hear their hear through their ears and feel what they're feeling in their body anywhere on the planet. Whoa, that's, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. This, well, a lot of psychics claim that if you can, you know, hold an object or hair that belonged to someone who has passed, then you can connect with their spirit. So maybe in a sense, you can still connect with someone's spirit while the spirit's alive on the planet somewhere just through their hair. Mm hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it? 
Because if that's even remotely real, that changes the whole game. Like if there's some people out there that have this ability, that's a little little frightening. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, not that I think anybody's ever looked through my eyes because be like, what a waste of time that is. But it is very interesting. It makes me think of Bran from Game of Thrones. He has this, the same type of ability where he can like look oh, through an animal's yes. eyes and stuff. It's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. I wish that I had that be. ability. That would be. That'd be uh, to sweet. see through an animal's eyes would be really cool. Yeah. But then they push this experiment even farther in order to create an alternate reality for the actual person Duncan was seeing through and going as far as being able to control them as a form of psychological warfare. So invading another human's consciousness and body, taking it over and essentially controlling what they do. So if you could they were testing this out, Kim Jong Un's hair, (laughs) you could like control and see through his eyes and right. If you had this ability, imagine if that was actually the right a, object. a weapon. I mean, if this is real at all and they were studying this, then maybe they figured this out and they're using it today. <laughs> That's crazy. It's really crazy. According to Preston, he believes that these experiments were done on lots of different people. In fact, a large amount of homeless people and orphans were supposedly abducted to use for testing. And it's alleged that a few survived that actually were brought in for these experimental testing. Sounds like they were doing crazy shit on them. Yeah. Especially if they're dying from these mm. experiments. That's that's wild. Uh, that's horrible. In addition to these test subjects, there was also eventually a large focus on a group of young men they would call the Montauk Boys. And his claims around this group was the result of abducting and experimenting on young boys in the area. Specifically, blonde hair, blue-eyed orphan boys and boys who had run away from home from the surrounding areas. Does it sound like Stranger Things at all? Yeah, it or, does. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would not be surprised if this is true, though. Because I know, uh, I hate to admit it, but I think a lot of missing people have been abducted for yeah, researching and say. projects. If if they were running these types of projects, which we know with MK mm-hmm. Ultra, but projects like the Montauk Project, mm-hmm. it would only make sense that they would need testing subjects and how would they do that? Yeah. And who would they pick from? Probably people that were homeless or orphaned would be the easiest uh, type of person to select for this. Mm -hmm. And probably lots of them too. Because if you think about it, how many do you have to go through to find an individual with some sort of psychic ability or a test subject that would be worthwhile to run the experiments on? Right. Well, I think that would be pretty hard. Because the amount of missing is staggering. Mm -hmm. The amount of missing people in the world and especially the U.S. is staggering. Mm -hmm. So, And especially in the national parks and that whole thing. That makes you think too, like Mm -hmm. if there are underground bases, it's seemingly like they're in these beautiful places around the country. Yeah. Could there be? mm -hmm. It's like people go missing in these parks. and There's no evidence of it being something natural or an animal or... You and they're never found. You don't know about it. But it's really wild. It is. So it's very possible they could be brought into secret projects like Project Montauk. So when they kidnapped these boys, the scientists would allegedly want to break the boys psychologically so they could implant subconscious commands. And it's rumored that if the boys did not achieve their psychic ability goals, they were murdered and buried at Camp Hero. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And again, there's never been any bodies that have been dug up in Camp Hero. Or, You'd think there would be. Mm-hmm. But then again, I mean, if it goes down 12 levels, then it, yeah, it could maybe. be somewhere way underground. Right. And would, obviously, they would do a good job of hiding yeah, them. Yeah. I mean, they would never want anybody I mean, I to find that. I hope it's not true. But right. I wouldn't be shocked if it is. Mm-hmm. 
And those that were believed to have been released were programmed with an alternate personalities in order to be sleeper cells who could be activated when needed to perform missions. That's crazy. That is crazy. If there's people out there like that, that are working for a project like this with these abilities. Al Bilek actually goes into further detail to say that these boys didn't just travel through time, but took numerous trips to a research station in the year 10,000 BC to collect canisters of light and dark energy. That's wild. I mean, that's the thing with some of these whistleblowers is it's almost like the claims just get too wild Mm -hmm. where you kind of lose all trust in what they're saying because you're like, really? They time traveled to 10,000 or 100,000 BC. I'm sorry, 100,000 BC to collect canisters of light and dark energy. It just sounds insane. I know it really does. Yeah. I don't know, man. But apparently people claiming to be a part of the Montauk boys would come forward to tell their accounts also. And they reported a lot of crazy things, including being sent to the year 6037 to investigate a ruined city to examine a statue of a horse. And this horse is the horse that's on the cover of his book series is from 6037. Oh, that's why it's on there. Mm -hmm. Of this ruined city. It's very weird. And they also claim that they traveled back in time to see multiple wars. They saw alien life forms, little grays and normal grays giant lizard people and extra dimensional beings in humanoid shapes made of hollow glass. That's wild. That is. And eventually, and eventually after years of experimenting, Preston alleges that they could reliably travel through time and space, even going to Mars several times in his books. Preston also claims that Duncan was the one who was able to open a portal inside of one of the pyramids on Mars. That's crazy. We were just talking about pyramids on Mars at the beginning. And the CIA actually released that document. So fuck, maybe it's real. It's crazy. I know. But it's apparently, weird when things like come together like that. Isn't it? Yeah. The connections are there. It's, it's wild. But the teams who traveled to Mars claim to have seen a solar defense system that had been disabled before they could continue testing. And the film Total Recalls are loosely based off of what was found by these teams who traveled to Mars. That's cool. So it's, it's weird. It's like all these projects have some type of movie that is somehow representing it it's really weird it's also worth noting that scientists would allegedly spend a week with a subject to prep them before having them travel through time and those that return were expected to make a full report however it is believed that most of the test subjects did not return so when they went time traveling there was no way back most of the time that's great i mean and i've heard that time is linear so if you go one way or the other you're not gonna you can't go back i've heard that before too from other conspiracy theories that if you time travel that maybe you can't get back to where you originally started from there's no maybe get close but you can't get exactly back to where you were yeah it's just not possible that's so weird to think about it is and through this time travel scientists involved with the project state that they tapped into a parallel universe known as the old universe So Preston explains that the old universe is basically that a long time ago, there was a parallel universe. Probably most of mankind was in that old universe and it evolved into a totally despotic form of government that took hold and held for millenniums, which is essentially what the one world government has here. And what has happened was a small rebel group that were fighting this and the fight continued and it went on and on just as in star Wars. That's crazy. That's yeah. cra- as crazy as it all sounds when you when you stop and you think about it. It's like it's possible and go piece by piece through how crazy this sounds. It kind of you can start making some connections there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got the space force now. Like, yeah, we're I like know. it's like we're That's heading weird. into 
star Wars in our own life, you know, in our own reality right now that we're going to be a dominant force in space. And what's that going to look like? Is there going to be warfare in space, interplanetary travel, going to the moon? That just blows my mind. I'm like not ready for the future. It's going to be a trip, man. That's for sure. No, well, if any of this is real, it's yeah. definitely going to be a trip. Yeah, it is. But at some point, Preston was instructed to turn on the Montauk chair and leave it running through August 12, 1983. And due to there being another time travel machine on, they created a wormhole to 1943, which is supposedly how Al Bilek and his brother Duncan came through the portal to the USS Eldridge during the Philadelphia experiment. So the, he, the only reason he experienced the Philadelphia experiment was because he went through a wormhole, which time traveled him. A wormhole. Back to, a wormhole. <laughs> a wormhole. Back to 1943 when the Philadelphia experiment happened. So again, there's no way to verify this at all. But after this experience that Al went through, they decided that the wormhole is too dangerous to keep open. And he and three of his colleagues made a plan to shut down Project Montauk altogether. So this kind of leads us to the end of the road as far as Project Montauk. And, and now we can really kind of discuss whether or not it's real or is it just science fiction? I mean, again, all of this information is coming from these books written by Preston Nichols. There's no military documents. There's no declassified CIA documents right. that details any of this. Mm -hmm. But I think if you do look at what's out there that the CIA has released and you read that, and if any of that is true, you can start to think, well, maybe, maybe some of these things that Preston is saying are, is true or you definitely can't completely, you can't completely it. rule it out. Right. That's for sure. And I think this whole thing about this creepy creature that washed up on the shore near the Montauk area yeah, this is kind of the, think twice. It does. So, thing. so yeah, that's a great point. So part of, part of this conspiracy too, is that aliens are using tunnels underneath it. And a lot of people that have come forward to talk about their times, there's, there's another guy named Stuart Swordlow who claims to have worked in project Montauk and mm -hmm. he encountered aliens down there. Like Multiple the military species. was working with uh, not only reptilians, but also the gray aliens, all the and species that people talk about, all the, all the yeah, all the common yeah. alien species, and the experiences that they had with them are interesting because they line up with all of these other people who claim this too. Yeah, which I mean, again, that could just be everybody kind of falling in line with each right. other, or mm -hmm. there is some validity to it because multiple people have had the same experience with so these many aliens. people talk about the reptilians and the grays and these yeah and uh totally there's one that's like going back mantis. years and years and years yeah it's pretty wild to think about if that's true mm -hmm. but these guys that wrote the books on project montauk and really provided all this information none of them are alive today mm -hmm. they've they've all passed on and sort of this legend of montauk continues but one of the most interesting things about this whole topic really uh, that I find fascinating and is 100% real is that in 2008, this unidentified animal carcass washed up on the Long Island Beach right outside Nasty. Camp Hero. And we only got pictures of it mm -hmm. before it was washed back out to sea, never to be seen again. I don't even and it was never that. tested. Yeah, I know, right? It's I hard to believe. I bet someone went and got it. I feel like so somebody or the military, somebody picked that Recovered up. Covered it. Or like was keeping an eye on it. And as soon as it went back out to sea at that night, they go out and pull it out of the water or something. Or, Maybe. Or it's just seriously got pulled back out to sea and it's yeah. just floating around out there. Ew, that's so disgusting. Okay, so if you're listening, this is the nastiest looking washed up 
I don't even know what to call it. It's like not, it's clearly not a normal animal or any recognizable species. It almost looks like it has a turtle head, like some type like of weird human ear or like elephant ear even. Yes. Um, And then this creepy, like its hands aren't a full. It's got fingers. Yeah. It's got full on fingers on it. Like it human fingers. It almost looks like a turkey in the back. It's like a <laughs> bald eagle mixed with a dead cat. I don't even know how to explain this thing. It's the grossest looking thing. And this was reported by a ton of news outlets. And it was on yes, all the mainstream media outlets. It's a real outlets. thing. It's a real picture too. It's verified photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's creepy as fuck. So a lot of people think they were doing, you know, experiments in Montauk right. on animals, combining different species together, right. testing out all these different things or, you know, giving them uh, drugs or hormones right. or something to make beef them up. Or that's well, why I say this reminds yeah. me of Zootopia. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, I think a one common theory among uh, conspiracy theorists, especially in the the UFO world, is that the government has the ability and technology to create these hybrid species of animals to uh, basically do a job for them. And the reason and the reason why they make them is because they take all the best characteristics. So take the best things about a wolf, take the, the mm-hmm. best things about a tiger, take the, the best things about elements. Yeah. yeah. The strongest elements from Try all these build animals, a super animal, build a super animal. Exactly. So a lot of people believe that this could be some type of hybrid mm-hmm. animal that came out of the tunnels. It looks like something Montauk. you wouldn't want to fuck with. It mm-hmm. looks scary. It, it looks, looks mean. It looks like it could tear you up for sure. Ugh. Yeah. So a lot of people believe that maybe this animal somehow originated in the Montauk project or camp hero area creepy and that there could be more out there. And that's the reason why they, they, when they gave camp hero to the state, the military first or whoever did went in and cemented and manholed all the openings to the tunnels because that shit's all still there. And what's interesting is I read one account on Reddit. And again, I mean, there's no proof Mm -hmm. of this, but one, somebody on Reddit said that they went and into one of the tunnels, they were able to get one of the manholes off and they went into one of the tunnels. And while they were in there, the tunnel was filled with water, like up to his, I think like his uh, chest or something. But he said while he was in there, he could hear just like this sound, this strange sound emanating down the the hallway of, or hallway, the, the tunnel itself. And it was just like, whoop, 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 whoop the whole time he was in there. Oh, that's so And it was like, like he knew he heard it for sure, but he, I mean, he never found, Mm -hmm. he never went farther into it because it freaked him out that that maybe deep below it that they closed it up or whatever, but there could be another entrance to it. We don't know. Oh, that's so freaky. That they could even be doing stuff down there and maybe Mm -hmm. he heard like a, I don't know, either a creature or some type of generator activity happening below there. Oh, that's weird. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So it's it's really hard to say that whether or not this is real or not. But I think that I believe there was probably some type of secret projects going on there. Because, I mean, why not? It's like the perfect place to do it. And Something secretive was happening mm-hmm. around there. The fact that they closed everything up and didn't want people going near it. I mean, there's some level of truth to this. I'm just saying how much of it is true and how much right. is not. But I mean, like I said, I know someone who's like been there and tried to sneak around and uh, I mean, they definitely don't want you to know in certain areas. And- the actual tower area, which is what's above ground, is all fenced off and there's signs like warning, trespassing, you'll be uh, right. prosecuted for that. And 
and obviously danger. Like, don't yeah. try to go in the tunnels because we'll kill your ass, <laughs> right? Or this, or this creature, creature will, yeah, whatever's this lurking in the tunnels. Turtle eagle. So we'll never really know what what happened with the Montauk project or whether it was real or not. Mm. What do you guys think? Let us know. But yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode there. Again, yeah, let us know what you guys think about the Montauk Project. Do you believe it's real? Do you believe the experiments that Preston was talking about were real? Let us know. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Malahar Podcast. Yes. If you have any other requests, we are taking requests for topics. We have a new system where you guys can put in your requests. If yeah, you want to hear a about form. a conspiracy or a crime or something, leave it below. Definitely leave us a suggestion. But until next time, stay safe. And stay woke. <laughs>